Good morning, I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus. This morning, we're talking about Goodwill, the things they do, and we're focusing specifically on mission advancement. And our guest today is the Vice President of Mission Advancement, Matt Gloucester. Did I say that correctly? You did. Thank you very much for having me here and allowing us to have a a voice in the community to tell people what we do. Yes, because I don't think I'd ever heard of mission advancement at Goodwill. Well, you can call it a lot of things. A lot of people call it employment and training. Some people call it workforce development. Basically, we're trying to help people get jobs. Our mission is to change jobs through education, training, and employment. And I get up every day because Mm -hmm. I get to help one more person get a job. Work is so transformative for people. Yeah. It gives them a sense of purpose, value. They contribute to themselves, their family, and their community. And without it, people tend to be lost. We've seen a lot of that in the last year with COVID. You have to have a reason to get up in the morning. Absolutely. You have to have a reason. Well, most people have a reason, like if they want to pay a bill. That's not really something that's motivating. You just have to do that. Yeah. But if you can find what the person's real motivation is, what do they want to accomplish in life? What do they want to do with their family? As a teenager, what kind of car do you want to buy? There are things that help motivate people. And what we try to do is find that which triggers them, find something that they're really interested in doing, and then help them down that path. We try to be career navigators, sometimes education navigators as well. Uh, But work in and of itself helps people have a sense of accomplishment. I did something today. I got up today and I made my bed. If I don't do anything else today, mm-hmm. my bed's made when I get back to it tonight. And it's those little things that help a person um, develop a sense of who they are. It's uh, things we do every day over and over, become habits. Those become the things that who we are. Uh, and so going to work is one of those things. And you help them develop some good healthy habits. Nobody's born being a professional applicant. <laughs> being, they don't teach it in school anywhere. And being a professional applicant is a difficult job. It's a job you do over and over and over again. It's a job you don't get paid for. It's a job that has a thousand no's before you get the first yes. Ah. And because it's so repetitive and there's so many details involved in the process, it's difficult for people. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they get overwhelmed by it, and they just don't want to do it, and then they stop trying, and it's a vicious downward, spi- downward spiral. Yeah. So what we have to help people do is organize it and stay focused on this is what the job is. You're getting up every day. You're going to get dressed like you're going to go to work every day, and you're going to practice being a professional applicant. There are a lot of skill sets that you have to have to be a professional applicant. Like what? So used to be when you applied for a job, you got uh, an application and a pencil, and you filled it out. Well, that was a test, a penmanship test, test of your memory, how much stuff did you remember about it, how long did it take you to fill out the application. But today, how do people apply for a job? They apply for a job online. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of test. The moment somebody starts applying for a job online, a stopwatch starts somewhere, tick, 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 and they know to the millisecond how long it took you to fill out that application. And if it took you too long, no matter what's on that application, you're going to get set aside. Whoa. There are things going on in the application process that people don't have any idea about. Yeah. Employers get thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of applications. So you have to understand the process, and then you have to adapt your skills to make sure that you leverage that process. Mm-hmm. 
So we try to teach people, if you're going to go to work for a company, find out something about that company. Yes. Go online. Check out what their mission statement is. What does the job requisition look like? You can take that job requisition. You can put it into a, an online application called wordcloud.org, mm-hmm. and it turns that application into words. Some are big, some are small. And you can look at the big words and say, I need to have that word and that word and that word in my online application or my resume before I put it into Resume Alphabet Soup. Because if I don't, it's never going to come out. So, if, for example, if they need, um, if they're doing landscaping work and they need someone with design skills, you need to know if they have that on their that's business right. page. We do design work. We do such and such. You better have that in your application if that's something you can do and want that's to right. be hired and a, for. And a machine is going to be looking for those words. It's not an individual. It's not a person. It's a machine that's looking for it. And then it's going to pull your data out in its entirety and present it to somebody who's going to be making the decision. The idea that your application is on uh, a table somewhere in a conference room for somebody to look at just doesn't go there. Yeah. This is what the online application process is like. Uh, it takes you about 15 or 20 minutes to find the, uh, the application. Once you get in there, you start to fill in your name, where you lived, where you lived 20 years ago, last five employers, even knowing that at least one of those doesn't exist anymore and a supervisor not working there and a phone number's change. Oh. But you have to put all that stuff in there anyway. Right. And then when you get done putting that information in, they start sometimes ask you these personality profile questions like, what color car do you want to be when you grow up? What does that even mean? <laughs> but it means something to somebody. And after you finish putting all that information in, you press submit and then nothing. Absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> Applying for a job online is the singular most unsatisfying experience you will ever have in your entire life. And here's the bad part. It takes applying for 100 jobs to get one. So imagine the average applicant applying over and over and over again yeah. online applications and how much that can wear on you. Yeah. So you've got to leverage the process so that your chances are better than the next person's chances in there. By knowing By knowing how it all works. How it works. That's it's, right. It's kind of like that if, a, if life is a game, these are the rules. Learn the rules and play it correctly. Play it to win. Yes, and there are unwritten rules in yes. every game. And that is the process that's going on when somebody's applying for a job. Today, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Matt Gloucester. He's the vice president of mission advancement at Goodwill. And you said some people call it what workforce is it? development. Workforce development. Yeah. So basically, your goal is to wake up in the morning and help someone get a job. That's right. Uh, we try to connect applicants who are actively looking for work with employers who are actively looking for applicants. Yeah. Uh, And in that process, we help to try to prepare them to be a professional applicant. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so one of the first steps is learning how to apply. Once you do apply well and somebody calls you in for an interview, now you have to look the part, act the part, talk the part. And one of the most important things a person needs to have in that process is a value statement. This is who I am, what I have to offer, and how I can help your company make a profit. Whoa. If you can say that in 15 seconds to somebody, they're gonna wanna listen to you. Wait, I'm right there, who, who I am. What I have to offer, and how, I, how can I help your company make a profit. Every employer wants to know that. It doesn't matter what the job is. That's why you're there. Yes. To solve their problem. Yes. And if you can answer that question for them, going into that interview, 
your chances just go up dramatically. Yeah. Everybody has to have the right skill set and the things that are on paper that say, I have this degree or I have that skill set. But when you get in there, you have to tell that story. And you're not going to get a long time to do it. Right. Most, most interviewers will make a decision in under five minutes, but they'll talk to you for 30 minutes. If you can't get your value statement out and make an impact on that person, Mm -hmm. in about five or ten minutes, they're going to be looking at their watch trying to figure out, how do I get out of this? Because i got five more interviews to do Mm -hmm. later. So it's important that you know who you are, what you have to offer, and how you can help that person or business make a profit. I noticed that 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 is a really good way to get it distilled and clarify it. Because I remember seeing people who were putting together resumes, and they were listing jobs that had nothing to do with what the current employer was looking for. They were going way back and listing some job that didn't require a lot of skill for a really long time and that they didn't advance. And I remember telling them this depicts you in a negative light and it has nothing to do with showing them how you can be of value to them. And some people like some people try to do the resume one time, tell their entire life story in a resume. And you know what? Most employers don't care. Yeah, They want to know what's in it for me, what's on that piece of paper that is going to be of interest, what's in that online application that's going to be of interest to me. Yeah, yes. And you have to fulfill that need, and you have to know that going into that interview. So your value statement, here's who I am, what I have to offer, and how I can help you make a profit, you've got to tailor that to this employer and slightly different lead to the next employer. Mm -hmm. So there's a skill set that's involved in doing it. And you have to go into consciously knowing this is what I need to do. That the employer who's interviewing you is there to find out information to help them make a decision. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to help them make that decision. Yeah. Most entry level jobs, people already have the skill set to do it. They're trying to differentiate between you and the next person. Right. And it's up to you to make that differentiation for them. It's not their job. It's your job as that professional applicant. Wow. You said, who am I is the first one. I think that might be hard for some people to answer. It is. And we go through a little exercise when we do a job readiness class. And what we do is we have people pair off into twos. And we have each one of them ask the other person questions and tell a little bit about themselves. And then when they're done with that, we have the other person get up and say, this is who that person is. This is the skill set they have. And so by speaking out loud in a conversational tone to a separate party, oh yes. you articulate those things. And it's what that other party remembers and can re- regurgitate or uh, articulate back to you that's important. And so I, I tell people, go home and talk to your kids. Go home and talk to a neighbor. Ask them to ask you questions and get comfortable with yourself. It's the hardest thing in the world to tell about yourself to somebody in an interview. You're on the spot. What does that person want to know? You have to get comfortable with who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's why the first part of that is, this is who I am. Who are you? What are your skills? How can you help? My name is Matt Gloucester. I'm a professional in workforce development. I help people find a job, and I can help you get a job if you'll put in the work. I can help an employer find – I can if you're an employer, I can help you find the right employee by giving you a, a pool of candidates that can solve your problems. That is just brilliant. I just made that up. <laughs>
But it's brilliant because you know, because you know already. Because I, I know what I'm trying to do. Yeah. It becomes part of me. And so when we, after we do our job readiness classes, and there's other things in there about how you dress and proper hygiene. Mm-hmm. If you're an ex-offender, don't use jailhouse jargon. There's a lot of little things that go on yeah. in there. But at the end of the day, I wind up telling people, amateurs do things until they get it right. Professionals do things until they can't get it wrong, until they can do it with their eyes closed. If you want to be a professional applicant, you have to practice over and over and over. And not every interview is across a desk. Most interviews will happen in an elevator, in a grocery store. There's somebody that you're networking with. If you know how to get the job, you already have the job. Most of the time, you're going to be asking help from somebody else to get the job. So every time you're talking to somebody, What's your memorable story? Because that person is going to tell somebody, is going to tell somebody, and tell somebody, and that's how you're going to get that job. Wow. You've got to have that story, and you have to have the confidence to tell that story in an engaging and entertaining way. Instead of, I've been trying to get a job for four months. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's hiring these days. That's launching right. in, I hear so many people just launching into, and all the social media pages you see, they're just complaining. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to work for anything under $10 an hour. They start setting limitations on it when they, they don't, the, car, the cards are not in their favor for them to start setting the rules, making the rules, because that's not how it is. A great way is to ask people, do you know of a way for me to find out about how a particular job work what's the function there i'd be interested in learning what does a machinist do i'd be interested in learning what does a sous chef do right who can you point to me to help me learn about that yeah and they'll generally point you maybe to a subject matter expert well they'll probably be an employer of that subject as well yeah and if you express an interest in learning then that's how you get doors open i'm a great example of that I volunteered for Goodwill for three years before I went to work there. I was working for um, Captain D's and Shoney's restaurants. I was there for 26 years. And I decided I needed to do something to give back to the community. And so I came to the Goodwill. A good friend of mine, Betty Johnson, said, be part of our business advisory council. Come talk to our classes. And I did. And he got in my blood. And I just so much enjoyed that. Well, at one point, my company got sold. It got sold several times. The last time, Captain D's got sold to the people who used to run Long John Silvers. And they told all the executives, go figure out what to do with the rest of your life. And so at age 50, I had to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Hmm. And I, you get up every day and you go through your job boards and you do those kinds of things. I became a professional applicant. And one day, I see a notice from Goodwill looking for that then was called a senior director of employment and training. And that was one of those moments when time stands still. I said, oh boy. So I picked the phone oh up. Oh boy, oh boy. I picked, I picked the phone up. I called my friend, Betty Johnson. I said, Betty, do you think I could do that job? And she says, come down here and talk to me. And two weeks later, I go to work for Goodwill. I volunteered to get an interest to learn something about something. And it paid off. It took me three years for it to pay off. Yeah. I didn't even know it was. I was looking for that. But when the time came, that pre-work that I put in, yes. it all meshed together. There's a reason things happen. I was actively pursuing, at that time, I was actively pursuing a Meineke car franchise out in Lebanon. We'd done a contract with some money exchanged. And when I saw this, I said, I've got I've to follow this. It's in my heart. 
And so I contacted the people with Meineke, and I told them my story. They said, don't worry about the contract. Here's your money back. Go pursue your dream. I just got goosebumps. That is, that's wonderful. Uh, I think that happens more often than people recognize. But you have to listen to the little voices in your head that say, there's something here. Stop. Take a moment to evaluate what it is. And then ask people about it. But act on it. Don't let, don't let it go by. It's kind of like the lean not unto your own understanding where you're like, I'm going to do this and this is my next step and this is my next step. You were open to the fact that there might be something else other than here's this path that I'm, I'm laying out because I need to have a path. Yep. But then you were still open to the possibility that right. it might change. And I tell people who are in the process of, uh, of trying to find a job, I tell them do things in parallel. Because a lot of people do things in sequence. You apply for this job and they wait and see. Yes. Oh, it didn't work. Well, I apply for the next one. All you're doing is extending this and making it more difficult. Yes. Do many things at the same time. Do them well. Keep good notes. Don't send the wrong resume to the wrong employer. Yeah. But make sure that you have things going on. And something will something will land. If you're waiting for the one thing to land yeah. and you're not going to do anything until you get that, mm-hmm. you're going to waste a lot of time. Plus... All the other things that you're doing, even if you get an, another job, if you s- still keep doing things in parallel, it's probably getting you ready for the big one that you feel is important that That's you really right. want to do. You're networking, you're meeting other people, yeah. you're learning something about that other business. You know, by the way, when you go into an interview, go in there trying to find something out about that employer because what you learn from that interview is going to help you in the next interview. Yes. Same company, different company. But there's something for you to learn in that process. Make sure you leverage every opportunity to gain something in the in the in the interview process in the online application process and that's why i think it's you have to be a professional applicant you have to think of yourself as a professional you think your way into the best job you ever had i did it people do it all the time if you're just joining us, we're talking with Matt Gloucester. He's the vice president of mission advancement at Goodwill. He helps people get jobs. He helps employers find people who fit the jobs that they have available. You know, you made me just think of a parallel. I had a little flashback. Something you said triggered it is that I remember having a girlfriend who said, I keep going on dates and they're just like, oh, they're just like losers and I can't find anybody nice. And, and it's just so miserable going on dates. And I was like, Girl, you should be enjoying this. It is a learning experience. I said, like, go in. I said, and you have a date. Maybe that guy needs something. Like, one guy, I went on a date, and he kind of needed some counseling. I was like, okay, when you meet a girl, don't do that. You know? <laughs> and so he needed me. Yeah. And so I, I, I said, plus, you get a story for your next date. Right. And you learn something about human nature. I mean, you learn from every experience that you have. And if you get that, instead of being like, well, it didn't go like I thought it was. It wasn't the dream one. No, it got you closer to the dream one if you get the lessons from that. And I love that you laid that out for your applicants. When people come into the front door of a Goodwill, they've been looking for a job for a while. Um, They've asked all their friends if they can help finding a job, and their friends don't have the answer. So now their friends don't answer their calls anymore because they're afraid of disappointing them. So now they're unemployed and they're alone. And when they finally ask somebody, well, what are you going to do now? And and they say, I don't know. They say, why don't you go on down there to the Goodwill? They'll help you. And they walk in our door. Most of the time their head is down. 
I don't know what to do, et cetera. And our goal is to get them to lift their head up, to tell them how valuable they are. We're not making it up. We're going to get them to tell themselves how valuable they are and what they have to offer and how they can make a difference. And it's, it's bringing that out in a person. It's getting them out of that funk and getting them to a place where they believe in themselves again. Because I think that's where people get lost in the, in the, in the application process as they stop believing in themselves oh. because they think something is being done by somebody else instead of knowing and understanding they actually have control in this process. Exercise the control that you have. You may not be able to control everything, but you can control yourself, yeah. and it's important to do that. It's like they've got 100 in their pocket they don't know about and they're not using. That's right. Okay, speaking of, is there anything else that you want to add because we have someone that you have helped uh, in the process of getting a job, you got to prepare yourself, be a professional applicant. You can do all of those things. But sometimes you need to have a skill or something that's demonstrable to an employer. Maybe you're changing industries. Maybe you had a job for the last 15 years, but that job's gone away, and you need to get into a different field. And so people need to get a credential or a skill. They don't have time to go to community college or a four-year college to get another degree. They need something short and impactful. And so at a Goodwill... We have work skills training programs. We have a construction training program. We have a call center training program. We have a work at home uh, training program now. Wow. Uh, we have a custodial training program. And in the last several years, we've added Google IT support professional and Google IT support professional with Python training. Mm -hmm. And we've partnered with Google and with Coursera and Google Industries International to be able to get uh, scholarships using the Coursera Foundation for, or Coursera Platform rather, for learning uh, these new IT skills. Wow. And we've had several people come through our program that have got these, uh, uh, taken the IT skills classes and have gone on to go to work for Google's data center in Clarksville or um, Accenture. And it's a way to help people get uh, a credential in a short period of time. Yes. So our construction is four weeks long. Our call center is four weeks long. Our custodial program is four weeks long. In most of our training programs, if you're actually doing some kind of work, we pay you a stipend. Like in our construction, we have $100 a week to be in the program. $100 a week's not much, but they came to us unemployed. I need a skill. Yeah. But they also need bus fare and lunch money. And so the 100 bucks helps them get past that yeah. and start into the class. But once they get in, they start learning. Oh my gosh, they're like sponges. Yeah. We, get, we target, in construction, we target the North Nashville area, 37208, which has the highest rate of persons who have been incarcerated in the entire country. You think really? Get, yeah, you think getting a job is hard? Getting a job with a background issue is even harder. Yeah. So we target that market for our construction training program because that industry is more friendly to that group. Yeah. And so we go into churches and community centers in there. We have an outreach person who finds people, brings them into our program. We teach them construction math. They get a, a certificate with residential uh, with uh, uh, residential carpentry, uh, with uh, uh, construction safety, OSHA 10, forklift weatherization. 85% of the people get a job within two weeks after that four-week program. And they were all making 17 or 18 bucks to start. And most of them were unemployed for years. That's amazing. That's so wonderful. So work skills, short-term work skills, really makes a difference. Yeah. It takes all of those components. Yes. you gotta have, you got to be a professional applicant. 
You got to know who you are, what you have to offer, and how you can help somebody make a profit. You have to have a work skill, and you have to have to have the confidence in yourself. And if you do those things, when you apply for a job, you're going to stand out, and people are going to want to hire you. Yeah. How do we get more information about the Goodwill uh, Mission Advancement Program? Um, you can contact us by phone, 615-742-4151, or you can go online to uh, give it to goodwill.org. That's give it number two, Goodwill. Dot org. Okay. Once you get on there, you'll find uh, a way to navigate to our, our career solutions is our, um, our, our division, mm-hmm. and you'll see all kinds of information about how to apply for training programs. But you can do one other thing. You can just walk into a Goodwill Career Solutions Center and say, I need some help, and somebody's going to stick their hand out or their elbow in this environment and say, you've come to the right place. We're here to help you find your dream. Matt Gloucester, the Vice President of Mission Advancement at Goodwill. So our next guest is Sukrante Stanley. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Goodwill Construction and Weatherization Training. So you've been through that. Yes. What is that and how did that help you? Well, um, USO told me about it. Um, USO? It's on uh, Fort Campbell. Mm -hmm. I retired after 22 years of being in the military. Mm -hmm of medical and administration. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was going to do something different. Um, tell, tell them what you said when we were coming in here. <laughs> the reason she went to something different. <laughs> I didn't want to work with people anymore. <laughs> I, I just want to fix things. She yes, said. <laughs> yes, I just want to fix things. Okay. Yes, buildings and things and pipes and stuff. They don't scream. They don't complain. Mm-hmm. You just fix it. And going about your business. <laughs> so I had took the OSHA five t- uh, five ten class through um, um, Volunteer State through Campbell Strong. And OSHA it's, is the Occupational Safety something or other. It's the big people that governs all the safety. If you get a fine from them one too many times, you can be shut down permanent. Okay. And then I found out about construction course which in the construction course you get OSHA 10 OSHA 10 is the basic that you need to work on any construction site and you get your first set of construction equipment you get safety boots hard hat belt your basic you can go to work the next day cool I, I graduated a program last year and then right after that I got my EIN and I went through the boot to business program and did everything to get the business up and running and my first client was official client was Amazon and I lost my mind I was freaking out I put my military hat on and I said let me research so I researched contracts and then like a few months after that I ended up landing all of the Jiffy Lubes Horn Lake DeSoto County Shelby County, it's like 12 of them. I do all the lawn care for there. Wow. I, and so because you took the initiative and took the classes and got yourself into a new career. I've just been telling everybody. It's even on my web page. I put um, about the program. And if you work for me, you're going to go through this program, period. Nice. They have two versions of it. You can do it online. You can do all of the lessons online. Yeah. And then come in and take the hands-on portion. Or you can do the four-week class. 
Yeah. In person. So you definitely recommend it. Yes. Yes. Sukrante Stanley, who is a graduate of the Goodwill Construction and Weatherization Training Program and now has her own business. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Anything else that you want to tell people who are listening who are like a little hesitant, maybe? It is. It is worth your time. And if you are a basic person that want to get into construction, this will guarantee you. You don't come in as a laborer. You will come in above a laborer because you're certified. You have skills that most people don't have. Yeah. You have your OSHA 10, you have your NCER, and then you have all of your safety equipment that you don't have to buy. Yeah. This course, if you had to pay for this course, and I actually priced it, it's about $5,000 altogether. Yeah. That's with the OSHA 10, the NCER, and the forklift. Yeah. If you had to pay for this out in town, go to a school, and you're getting it for free. free. This is Sucrante Stanley, who's gone through the Goodwill Construction and Weatherization Training, and our earlier guest, thank you, Matt, Matt Gloucester, the Vice President of Goodwill uh, Mission Advancement, which covers... Mm-hmm. The training, which yes. is over the training. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and one thing I forgot. Oh, what? Um, Goodwill is also sponsored by, uh, that program is also sponsored by Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Lowe's is a supporter of veterans. So, nice. Uh, yes, that's the other thing I forgot. Oh, good. Okay, thank you, Lowe's. We appreciate yes. you helping yes. us out. Yes. Okay, we're going to put a bunch of information about this and about the program on our Focus Facebook page, so make sure you check it out and share it because you know there's somebody in your life whose life could be changed with this. Thank you again. You're welcome. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.